My pronouns are cranberry lime. <laughs> <laughs> so there it is. It's Radio Free Tote Bag and I'm Audrey. I'm, wait, no, wait, I wouldn't introduce myself as pronouns. I'm they. I'm Donovan. <laughs> oh, what a time. Just at the top here, I got a new character I'm debuting this week. Are you ready? Yeah. Uh, it's Johnny Cash, but he's the CEO of the uh, the Gildan Corporation. You know the t-shirt company? Sure. And he's on his deathbed next to his uh, next of kin. Okay. You could have it all. My empire of shirt. Now, the funny thing about that is you could have also done Trent Reznor on his uh, deathbed because this was a Nine Inch Nails cover that he did. Okay, new character I'm debuting. Uh, Nine Inch Nails frontman Trent Reznor, but he also owns the uh, the Gildan Shirt Corporation. <laughs> Joining us this week, fellow T-shirt and Nine Inch Nails enthusiasts, we got Ash from Horror Vanguard. Welcome aboard. How's it going, everybody? Partying. That's great. Hell I'm, yeah. I, I, I'm sorry to intimidate you that you have to follow up that act, that intro. There's nothing, there's, <laughs> there's nothing on this earth I could do that could follow up Trent Reznor selling t-shirts. I'm envisioning this as like a really sad downturn in his career, like he's doing it out of the back of a van in like an Arby's parking lot. <laughs> hey, you remember this little ditty? <laughs> uh, buy, buy a two you for, let, buy a two, get one free. <laughs> you let me violate you. Please buy a shirt. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> and he's really struggling because he like can't even get the rhyme together. No, it's, it's not really working out. It's really hard. <laughs> Trent, no. Will you bite the hand that tea tease? Will you bite the <laughs> hand that tease? Is that maybe something? <laughs> it could be. What's another nine inch? <laughs> I. That's I, all of them. I. I I want to clothe you like an animal. I don't, I don't, uh, I don't yes. think that works. That doesn't, that doesn't work as well. Yes. Clothe you like a human being. Yes. <laughs> uh, I got I got at least one more Nine Inch Nails song. I can't I think of it, though. Not. I saw them live. Yeah, how was that? Sick. It was all right. Okay. Nice. And Did that's been Nine Inch Nails. Was Till Lindemann there? Was it with <laughs> Rammstein? Did I they fucking suck wish. each other off? I fucking wish. That is on my bucket list of shows to see. I, I apparently see he apparently sex guy like a sex pervert. Oh, he's definitely a sex guy. Well, no, like like a bad sex guy. Uh, like a not- no, oh, no, really. I was hoping you were gonna yeah, say the good Till. kind of pervert. I hear Till's uh like a raper. Oh, oh fuck! Damn That's it. extremely disappointing. Yeah. They got like good sucks. politics and shit over there. What yeah. are you fucking doing? God yeah. damn it! Ah, oh, Armstein. Come on, yeah. Rammstein. Do better. Do better, <laughs> Rammstein. Do besser. Do, do host cancellation. <laughs> oh, hold on. Hold on. Wait a second. As per New York Times, Rammstein singer Till Lindemann is cleared of sexual assault allegations. Let's go. First gear office dropped this investigation, <laughs> citing a lack of evidence for allegations that Mr. Lindemann had drugged young women in order to have sex with them. So that was the allegation. He I'm still on lack of evidence, uh, which okay. makes you kind of go. Hmm. I'm a little. Hmm. Hmm. I don't necessarily trust those law enforcement officers and their no. investigatory skills here. No, we, we typically do not. not. 
at least hey you know what at least it's better than convicted i i because i I quite (laughs) like that band but it's still not good i cannot do a celebratory woo i simply can make a neutral face on this news that is unfortunate i don't think that kind of allegation just gets tossed around so we'll light lightly cancel (laughs) rammstein damn oh, let's let's call till in till come on the let's podcast. get till come on till hey what's going on it's me till lindeman <laughs> lead singer <laughs> rammstein <laughs> what host y'all been up to <laughs> what host y'all been up to is that what the what fuck host? you just said to me in english with your human mouth what the fuck <laughs> oh that's good <laughs> Welcome oh, to the show. Awesome. Uh, I, think we, I think we lost Till. We're having some technical issues, unfortunately. Um, and so we're going to go ahead and move on to our next segment. Following the, <laughs> following the Rammstein allegations corner. Ash, welcome to the program. First time appearance. Uh, how Long are time you listener, doing? first time caller. This is pretty great. We, lo- we love it. For the folks who do not know you or, or Horror Vanguard, do you want to just give a little intro? A boo. Uh, yeah, yeah. I'm one of the <laughs> co-ghosts of Horror Vanguard. Uh, we, we just say boo for about an hour and a half on the show. We make ghost noises. It's a pretty spooky That's program. So, it's terrifying. That's so avant-garde. Uh, we're also we're also we do horror movie reviews with radical politics. It's uh, it's a pretty groovy time. If you like spooky stuff and even spookier communism, we're the show for you. Hell yeah. Nationalize everything. Yeah, nationalize the ghosts. <laughs> That's what we're going for. <laughs> nationalize the means of ectoplasm production. <laughs> They're always saying this on that show. They're always saying this. Ectoplasm is one of the sexier uh, paranormal fluids, I would say. I'm, I'm oh, going to put that yeah. up higher. That That's maybe an A on the tier list, I would think. I haven't figured out what the S is yet, though. So so now that I'm, now that I'm working on this bit, I have no idea. Hmm. Can it's I ask like, you what is ectoplasm? Because I just think the word's fun and it has something to do with ghosts, but I don't actually know what it, it's supposed to be. In the early 1900s. So actually, in the early 1900s, uh, when uh, seances and spiritualism were getting hot... Uh, those those motherfuckers like to bring a lot of science stuff into their paranormal. Uh, so ectoplasm was theorized as the kind of physical material by which ghosts and other spooky dudes would interact with the physical world. And you'll see all those like old timey pictures of like some seance babe puking up a bunch of ectoplasm. And yeah. it's like roughly in the shape of a ghost baby or something. And, and nine out of 10 times that was like, fabric and petroleum jelly with like a double exposure to make it look super spoopy so that's that's ectoplasm and then the ghostbusters turned it into like goo and they made it so much cooler thank you thank you dan Aykroyd and your weird spiritualist occult family for making ghostbusters and making ectoplasm cool again okay Uh, that's way cooler when it's like neon green because i'm looking at some of these old-timey pictures and it's just kind of like cotton coming out of people's right uh, orifices it just looks i'm here to get slime nation i would prefer as well (laughs) when i think of ectoplasm i want to get slimed i'm here for a slime time i'm trying to get juicy with it i'm trying to get gunked (laughs) up spooky style and i'm trying to leave residue on surfaces we're we're riding the paranormal guns train has anybody watched <laughs> Ghostbusters lately? 
No, no. Ever since they went woke, I had to take my money <laughs> elsewhere. <laughs> no, I, I watched the first one uh, some months ago, and uh, fucking Bill Murray's character is uncomfortably gross with women in that. Oh, film. he's I, he's just, a, this is the rapey? accusation corner again. We're back, but we're doing Bill <laughs> Murray's character two. from Ghostbusters. Not it's Bill Murray himself. Part. I don't. I don't think Bill Murray's done anything untoward. But. Uh! I've heard some things. Have actually. you really? Yeah, oh, really? Kinda, oh, my God. Kinda, I think he kind of sucks. This is all, I can't like give any kind of specific details. This is just something I feel like I read semi-recently, but I think he's low-key creepy. Okay. Welcome oh, to part two of the Cancellation Corner suite. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're going after all the goths, all the spooky guys today. This is, this is thematically appropriate. <laughs> this is the second movement of the, uh, of the corner. <laughs> kind it's of poetic. set up like corners come in movements stanzas if you will yeah it's that's very, great it's, it's, it's a very orchestral shagment 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 is that like Lord. a shagment Shag like for fucking shagadelic okay. uh a little peek behind the curtain here i was telling audrey before we started recording i got eight like a full night's sleep last night for the first time in a week I, I started the new job. And so I think just waking up a little bit earlier has thrown me, but it's more than that. Like I just keep waking up in the middle of the night. Mm. So I'm a little bit delirious and I'm just warning in case I say something like shagment, that's why <laughs> <laughs> I, just I, had, I had two naps today. So I'm doing flex. It. Oh, that is, that is the dream day. <laughs> oh, I yeah. love those Ooh, double nice. nap days. Retail weekend, baby. Let's go. It's oh, a Tuesday. Yeah. Uh, I'm also um, I'm also uh, visiting my folks, and so I'm recording uh, open mic style with the travel. In the weirdest, mic. it's the weirdest thing in the world because you're coming here to visit your folks, and I'm going to Chicago on Friday, and you will be coming back to the city that I'm going to go visit <laughs> while I'm there. You're gonna get back while I'm there. It's a whimsical time that we have. Isn't that set weird? Up. <laughs> it's just weird. That's the power of friendship. That's beautiful. Yeah. We're going to high five each other in I-65. It's going to be great. <laughs> Ash, we have to hit you with our traditional uh, guest questions. Do it. We've come up after spending many years in the labs, a consistent one-two punch of questions. Number Can we one, call them guestions? <laughs> <laughs> a one-two punch of gestions. Get ready for the left. Get ready for the jab. Let's okay. do it. Let's do it. I'm braced. How's your dating life going? How's your relationship? What's your relationship to relationships currently? Where are you at? Oh, uh, you know, pretty pretty chill right now. You know, got like some open relationship situation going on. Pretty content with it. Fuck yeah. That's it. Nothing, nothing dramatic, nothing wild, which I guess is for the best. I'll take it. How much experience do you do you have with like open relationship situations? I, I increasingly find myself in them. So more and more it's yeah. the like dating situation that I find myself in. That's kind of how it went for me too. Like I, you know, I when I was like 19, I met this girl. She mm -hmm. was like, I have a girlfriend, but I like you. So we're gonna do this also. I was like, okay, what the fuck? And then I was too jealous to handle it. And then uh, again, later in life, and then again, later in life. So, you know, seems like just how people are doing it now. In that's, a lot of ways. that's, it's like a pyramid scheme. That's how they get you. You know, you, you come <laughs> in and they're like, you, 
you get another girlfriend, but if you get your girlfriend to get more girlfriends, <laughs> we'll give you another girlfriend on the back end. It's a beautiful system. You're, you're poly downstream. Yeah, referring you're to Matamor as, as, your, as your downline. <laughs> Incredible. I'm diamond tier poly. They gave me the cool oh, wow. Cadillac SUV. That's right. So they're, they're clearing out your polyamorous thetans left and right over there, then. That's great. <laughs> It's 2023. Polyamory is now Scientology, the, the merger of a century. <laughs> Polytology. Polytology. I'm going to nothing. wake up and there's going to be like a wiki article for that. That's, that's powerful. Scientology. <laughs> that's Which better. More, more sounds like a scientific <laughs> apology. apology. <laughs> I'm sorry that I knocked over your beaker of acid. <laughs> that's a Scientology. <laughs> I'm sorry that I contaminated your sample. (laughs) Well, we love it. We love somebody who's, uh, you know, in a, in a good relationship situation. That it means, you know what you're doing and are fit to give advice to our dear listeners, which are like our children. We are very protective of them. We don't just let anybody in here. So you got to have certifications like being in a good relationship that's pretty much it that's pretty much (laughs) or not in a relationship but like in a pretty good place mentally that's also pretty cool that helps we have to hit you with the second punch then you've blocked the jab but watch out for the fucking (laughs) right cross here coming right towards the bridge of your nose can you tell us an embarrassing dating or relationship story oh oh yeah oh yeah i have way way too many embarrassing dating stories that is my entire dating history (laughs) <laughs> but a, a recurring a recurring problem that I have as like a horror movie film critic, I guess, is that like because because people are wonderful and inherently good in their hearts, they'll like, you know, ask you about your career when you start dating them and they'll want to know things about you. And when I'm like, oh, I'm like I'm like a horror movie podcaster. And I say that with like a small modicum of shame. <laughs> and then they're like everybody, everybody's immediate follow up is always like, oh, recommend a horror movie for me. And I like, I like live in fear of that question (laughs) because everybody, and then I'm like, okay, well, what kind of horror movies do you like? And everyone just always like, oh, give me something sick. Give me like a (laughs) fucked movie. And then I'm like, okay, I'll I'll like give you like a mildly fucked movie. And then like, no one ever, no one texts back after that. (laughs) And and this, this isn't just like a modern thing that's been happening to me. This, this started uh, the year after high school, right? So in high school, I was like the rebel with a cause kind of punk kid, like staged walkouts, did did a bunch of stuff like that, got in trouble oh, yeah. all the time. Hell yeah. And like, I had like this like mutual like fascination with like the head cheerleader, right? Like her, her name was Vanessa. She was the head cheerleader of my graduating class. And we like, we never hooked up. We never dated, but we were both like novelties to each other. It was very, very 16 <laughs> Candles, very John Hughes. Yeah, <laughs> and then like the year after I graduate, so I'm like 19. I run into her at a Dunkin' Donuts, and I'm like, "Fuck it, I'm gonna shoot my shot, right? I'm yeah. gonna I'm gonna live that 16 candle stream, right? Here we go, all net." <laughs> and I'm like, "Hey, do you want to like some of my friends? Some friends of mine are getting together at the weekend. Do you want to like come, you know, as like a date and come hang out?" And she said yes, and I was like, "Oh my god, like this this is not supposed to happen. This was supposed to fail spectacularly. <laughs> the story was supposed to end there." And so we're we're going to my friend Dave's place and like, you know, it's like a hard drinking crowd, but there's going to be enough people to kind of like spread the chaos around, you know? So yeah. it's like, 
diffuse. Uh, an interesting place to bring like a very straight laced date to. I, I show up to Dave's place and there is no one there. It's just him <laughs> in his mom's basement with the lights off. And and this dude was like double fisting bottles of whiskey. Like he was a very hard drinking guy. So I'm like, oh, fuck. Right. And then so she shows up. We all sit down. And instead of this being like a casual party situation, we decided to put on some movies, you know. You're just and hanging out with Dave together for your first date. I, yeah, that, that alone should have been enough. I sh- if, if I would have had the knowledge and wherewithal that I do now, I would have been like, we're leaving. Yeah. <laughs> but so so the the horror movie he decides to put on, uh, and, and listeners, oh dear listeners, if you know this film, uh, Ichi the Killer is is the movie. Well, I think we've heard of this I know on this the name, show. and I know that yeah. it's fucked up, but that's yeah. about it. The, the, the opening the opening scene of Ichi the Killer is also the least problematic scene in Ichi the Killer, and it features Ichi uh, furiously jerking it while he's watching <laughs> a uh, pimp abuse and assault a sex worker, and then he comes on a plant, and the cum drips down and forms like cum titles for the show. <laughs> yeah. Like in the cum, and that's the least that problematic is. thing in the movie. <laughs> the fucking and rocks. So, so she, to her credit... Sits through this thing like a trooper, and Dave is getting drunker and drunker and saying increasingly <laughs> fucked problematic shit and as commentary shit. to the movie. Um, and then and then the movie ends, and I'm like, hey, thanks for coming. Like, here's an obvious yeah. out for you to get the fuck out of here right now. Yeah. And then Dave is like, no, no, wait, I'm gonna put on a second movie. And she stays. And oh, the second no movie is, a, is an even more fucked movie, another Japanese horror movie called Three Extremes. Um, and one. one one of the sequences in the movie it's like an anthology from the three short stories is about a woman who cooks fetuses into dumplings and sells them Ooh. to people so they can live forever thanks oh, to cool. fetus magic <laughs> and it's just it's as disgusting and messed up as you could think it be, think it could be and uh, uh, by, by the time that that movie is kicking like she's like visibly uncomfortable yeah right and, and i'm like i'm like how many outs can i give you to leave and why won't you take these outs she and then by by the end of the night like dave is at that level of drunk where he's like phasing in and out of reality he's like falling asleep and then startling back awake and then falling asleep and then startling back awake and then and then he'll get up and he'll be like i'm gonna go drive to see my girlfriend and he'll like try and find his keys but like, then fall back it. asleep and so like he's he is in a dark space so this the night has become the most like it's gone from john hughes to like the most embarrassing fucked sequence of events that could have ever happened to me the end of the night i walk her out to her car and i'm like hey sorry sorry it's got kind of weird thanks for coming out you know text me later you know let's get coffee so never heard from her ever again And I just, she, I just really hope that she's living her best life, and I, and she's also telling the story on some other unrelated podcast right now. That she's was my over on hope. Savage Love telling this story. <laughs> Our nemesis show. <laughs> that is brutal. Yeah, was, there is was, nothing worse oof. than like the oh, I have a plan for how this date is going to. Because I don't know if I go on a first date, I want to kind of know the lay of the land. Like I want as few kind of variables as possible. Oh yeah. Like yeah. I tend to go to you a bar know, that I've been to before. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You want to know beginning, middle and like shoot for an end. You know what I mean? And yeah. figure out how avoiding, you want everything to wrap. Avoiding possible sabotage things. Yeah. But that element where it's like, <laughs> oh, we're going to go to the social event and we can kind of do our own thing and leave at some point. But then you get there and you're the only ones. And so you're stuck. Instantly you're the whole fucking party. Off kilter. 
just not that's where you needed brutal. it. No, that's really fucked. <laughs> yeah, yeah and a good time effects? was had by all. <laughs> yeah, I mean, good flicks, all- right? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> worth it for the movies and to support our dear homie Dave. And now to have a story to tell on this beloved dating advice program, I'd call that date a win overall. So that, that's, that, that's why I did it. Is is because I knew, like you know, sixteen years out, I was going to be on this show. It's been the only <laughs> glimpse of psychic power I've had in my whole life, and I'm I like, mean, I'm going to cash this in right here. I do things because of how no rugrats, like you know, something's going to happen, and I'll tell the story on the show. I'll I'll do things like that. It's a vibes based economy. What, I'm ki- here for what it. kind of things are you doing for content? <laughs> I was sincerely hoping that you wouldn't say that <laughs> set of words. Yeah, Yeah, I went on a date and I ate like 10 Benadryl just to make it interesting for the show. (laughs) Did you go on a date with the hat man? I'm in a throuple with the hat man now. I hear he's very tender. I hear his aftercare is second to none. Oh, he's great. He's a real, he's a caretaker, Dom. He's lovely. (laughs) No, you got to take the, you take the Benadryl so you can give genuine compliments on the first date, no matter who it is, you can say, wow, (laughs) spiders crawling out of your face are beautiful. (laughs) The insects under your skin are so pretty. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) And that's our advice before we even get to the questions. Eat an entire bottle of Benadryl before going on a date. And if you get yeah. stood up, I mean, in your situation, you go to the party, there could be like 10 phantom people there and it would have been. Ah, oh, I see. That's if I only would have known the power of allergy medication ahead of time, <laughs> I would have been one I'm, step ahead of the game. I'm thinking robo tripping might be better for a date. I think you're a little more low key when you're robo tripping. I just got intense flashbacks to a past I had long forgotten when you said. robo tripping. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to say no comment. Uh, high school age donovan would absolutely never choke a bottle of robitussin that would be irresponsible which is something incredibly no podcaster condones no that's true this is the most responsible show on the internet and we stand by that the plaque's right there behind us you can see it listener just look closely yeah well thank you for sharing this tale i love that it's on theme for your show also with the horror movie components course it had to be some spooky bullshit <laughs> absolutely well you know what else is some spooky bullshit what's that uh the question box it's not, not actually crazy. either of those it's very and no. it's very genuine questions yeah that was just kind of uh that was a swing and a miss on my part but what if we what if we <laughs> answered some questions though how do we feel about that I'm glad that Let's we each it. like turned our backs on the other and the other one drove a knife into our spine. Like both of us. <laughs> I was like, I do things for content for the show. And you're like, what have you done for content for the show? <laughs> and then you try to segue and I'm like, terrible, awful. <laughs> hey, Audrey, your criticism of my segue, dog shit. You gotta work <laughs> All right, let's, we're oh, making dear. amends. And we're opening the box, but it's a slow process. And so in the meantime, here's a word from our sponsors. This week's episode is brought to you by a new character I've been workshopping. Are you ready? Sure. <laughs> it's me, Jazz Cat Donovan. <laughs> I thought it was W for a second. I thought you were like, <laughs> <laughs> 
Hey, what's up there, listeners? It's me, Jazz Cat W. (laughs) 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 Indubitably. I can't think of anything George W. Bush said. Give me a Bushism real quick. Strategery. Strategery. (laughs) 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 That's kind of the whole character is that I say a word and then I say skeetily do and maybe I throw jazz in there somewhere. (laughs) Hey, when I'm not uh, cooking up false pretenses for war and imperialism (laughs) and and scatting, you know what I like to do? What's that? I like to head on down to the Radio Free Tote Bag Patreon, the, the best jazz club in the <laughs> Texas area, the, the biggest jazz club in the biggest state in the world. Skip it by. Oh, it's so simple. You just jazz your way on over to that jazz. website, patreon.com slash RFTB. <laughs> 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 and then you give Bob us five in this bitch. Then you give us five jazzy oil bucks a month. And you get a bonus episode each week. That's better than winning a than winning a Halliburton contract in Baghdad. <laughs> Patreon.com slash RFTB. I'm gonna, oh, I'm gonna, oh, don't mind me. I'm gonna go read a story about a duck. <laughs> Skipping a boo. <laughs> Sir, there's a Patreon. new episode of RFTB. RFTB. It's a new episode of RFTB out today. Just looking to the side. <laughs> <laughs> to like that look, the fucking horrified. The horrified 9 11 reaction gif, yeah. yeah. I love it. Patreon.com slash RFTB. We'll but... whisper a new episode into your ear hole each week as the towers fall. <laughs> <laughs> Patreon.com slash RFTB. Happy birthday, America. Question box. Oh, it was fucking, it was 9-11 yesterday. This was on theme. Yeah. <laughs> Let's fucking go. Did you not, did you really not know? I was just going. You forgot? I wanted, I you never jazz. forgot it? <laughs> I wanted to do the jazz voice, and then what if we matched it with George W? Whoa! <laughs> You forgot. You forgot. You know what I didn't forget? Hmm. It's the question box. Everyone's favorite part of the show where you, the <laughs> listener, can skeebity bop your questions over to us and we will beatily boop our best to answer them. How do you do that? It's simple. Head on over to our social media at RFTB Pod on Instagram and Twitter or at RFTB and the other stuff on Blue Sky or our website, RFTB.me. You don't have to make an account. You just click on the ask a question link and then you skeetily bop the keys on your keyboard and then we readily beep your question and we do our best to answer it. Uh, it's that simple. It's anonymous. Uh, it's everything. Audrey, what do we got first? Uh, does this guy like me or am I thinking way too hard about this? Long story short, I've had a crush on a bartender for the past couple of years. I'm in a long-term relationship with a partner, but this bartender guy makes me blush. The state of my current relationship is just okay. Also, I know there's a difference between being nice for customer service and being nice because they actually like you on a personal level. The bartender regularly comps my drinks, but to be fair, he does the same for my partner when they're around with me. Lately, he's been offering me rides home, three three exclamation points in a parenthesis, after closing the bar, which is a very nice gesture. I've taken those offers up a couple times. I don't live far away from the bar, so he says it's not out of his way when he's headed home. 
The last time he drove me home and I asked to hop out of the car a block or two early to save him some time, he insisted on driving me closer to home because it's, quote, a bit cold outside. I don't know if he's <laughs> sensing the attraction and is trying to come on to me or what. Maybe he's just a super nice dude. I have no intention on leaving my current partner, but the idea of someone else thinking I'm attractive or wanting to get to know me excites me in that sort of fun, flirty way. Thoughts and prayers in parentheses. <laughs> Our father who art in heaven, <laughs> hallowed be thy name. <laughs> it seems like there's a little something here potentially but like you yeah. say you don't want to leave your current partner are you just mm -hmm. asking if, if this if we think this person has a crush on you i think they have a little bit of a crush on you they at least like dig you as a person and want to like hang out yeah and they're doing yeah. it like respectively too if they're like oh they see you got a partner they're buying you both drinks yeah i don't know they're just giving you a ride home they're not doing anything weird like maybe there's a little flirtiness there but this it seems like a cool person yeah, I'm down for this. I I say, do whatever you want to do in this. Situation. I think the world. I think the world's your oyster here. I think you can you can take this any direction you want. I think say this relationship goes south, maybe if I can, you know, have a couple too many at the bar with the bartender, and then she, you know, I would say you got a potential contingency plan here. Yes. Which yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't, if you're in an anonymous relationship, typically I don't typically support that. But yeah. <laughs> but you are asking what the situation is here. We're just trying to do something with it. Cause my thoughts are just, yeah, I think maybe this person has a crush on you. But that, like, that's it. You don't want to do yeah, anything right. about it. Right. Yeah. And if they okay. don't want to do anything about it, just, just, I guess, enjoy the friendly, maybe flirtatious bartender time. Yeah. Shrug. That seems like a low risk activity. Yeah. Be, be friends with this fella. Yeah. Enjoy Get those comp sometime. drinks. That's great. Know. Enjoy those comp drinks. Invite him to a thing at your house with more than just him coming over. You know what I mean? Like have a <laughs> yeah. game night. And have, then he gets to he can come to the put, game. Put, put night on a movie like Ichi the Killer. <laughs> like Ichi the Killer the yeah. one with Something the chill. dumplings. <laughs> Uh, my partner and I noticed you from across the bar. Would you like to have fetus dumplings with us? <laughs> I will say, and okay, maybe I'm reading into this because again, I'm, all, I'm just giving you a little bit of a hard time here, listener, but it's just kind of like thoughts on this again are just like, I, I don't know. It seems like they might have a little bit of a crush and you're into it and like, I don't know that's fine. You can have kind of a flirty crush thing as long as. I don't know, in your monogamous relationship, you don't have like nefarious kind of intentions here. And mm -hmm. like you clarified, you want to be with your partner. So like, I would just, if they did also describe there, their relationship as okay. Uh, that is telling. Cause what I'm about to do is read between the lines a little bit here. Like I, I, I feel like we're, you're not including the whole story here. Mm -hmm. I just I don't want to overly psychoanalyze or, or go after you here, listener. But like you wrote a whole question in about this. When it, you know, again, it's just kind of like, do they have a crush or not? But you don't have any. Are, are you considering leaving the current partner? Are you considering like wanting to be poly or something? I guess I'm just like, what is kind of the motivation here? Beyond just wanting to kind of confirm they have a crush or something. 
Are you guys right. are, are y'all feeling the same thing here? 100%. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah, I'm getting a I'm getting a grass is greener on the other side vibe because the relationship with yeah. the bartender seems super positive, but also like you know, they did acknowledge that like the emotional labor of customer service and all that, but also like True. this bartender does have a vested financial interest in you really liking them. True. Yeah. So that and if y'all are like I've known plenty of people that are like, "Oh, this bartender likes me." And my first question is like have you ever seen them outside of the context of the bar relationship? And what's yeah. that like? Yeah. Right. Cause even the ride home, you know, it's cold out. Well, yeah. If you freeze to death on the walk, you, you can't get any more whiskey sours. <laughs> <laughs> can't get any more maintenance drinks at the end of the night. If you're fucking dead. And that's just like, that's just like a nice bartender thing to do too. Your regular is kind of trashed on a shitty weather day. You give them a ride yeah, home. That, that's yeah. a cool thing. Yeah. That's not out of the realm of normalcy. If you're genuinely just curious about this and are not kind of questioning the current relationship or like, I don't know, feeling out if something else could be better. I will also say, like, in addition to, you know, the kind of person in a in a service role relationship, like they're going to be nice to you, all of that stuff. If you're like questioning your current relationship and this person treating you nice is making you feel like, what if the grass is greener? The other thing is just like it's a surface level connection. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of unfair to compare to your current situation. And that's not to say, like, don't question the current thing if it's not working out for you. Right. Um, but I just like, I don't know if that's swaying you at all. I would try to not do that and try to maybe get more to the roots of is this relationship not working? Is a monogamous dynamic not working? Because mm -hmm. it just something just strikes me here is you're not 100 percent happy in the current situation. Yeah. You're kind of feeling out other options. Right. What would make you write into a relationship advice podcast and describe your relationship as okay and then provide information about another person that you're excited might have a crush on you? Yeah. And this is good natured. We're not trying to shit on you because we yeah, appreciate no, you no. writing We're, in and, oh, and yeah. listening. But I'm, I'm your friend I'm who's to like, open the doors really of perception. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? You were vulnerable sending us a, a question. I'm going to debut a new segment on the show. Now, y'all can't see this, but I'm taking my pants off. <laughs> my jeans and i'm putting on pajama pants because it's cold up here and these jeans are not particularly doing it my feet are kind of cold and okay. i think that if i throw on these flannel pajama pants and you can I'll hold them up to the camera so okay. you can see you can imagine listener it's kind of red and gray with some stripes There's scarlet and gray representing our alma mater oh, oh i can hear it i can hear i can hear what's happening can you hear the this comfort is... check check that out i hear i hear the oh, dump truck <laughs> oh, that's much more comfortable i did that for you listener and you know why i changed pants because i was a little bit unhappy with the initial pants and i wanted to feel out a potential by putting on pajama pants. and now that i have you know what they're pretty great actually my ankles are more warm my legs are feeling more loose uh, but my, my kind of crotch area, I can already tell is going to get a little bit sweaty because of the insulating mm. properties of these things. Mm. What is the lesson here? <laughs> the grass is always greener, the but there's also pants. other grass <laughs> other than the grass that you're thinking might be greener, but that grass also might also be greener. Do you know what I'm saying? Yes. That like, if you're in this relationship and it's just okay, and it's not really doing it for you. You might have this little crush developing on this bartender, but it doesn't necessarily have to be the bartender that you end up landing with 
like use this to maybe explore potential dissatisfaction within your relationship and don't pin too much on the bartender thing because he might just be being a nice guy. Absolutely. Alternatively too, like if you're in a relationship for a long time and like a monogamous one like this, it's not always going to be easy and everything's great in the way that like a new thing is like sometimes sure. there's shit that you got to mm-hmm. work through or things that you kind of got to get used to or whatever. So I just, we're not saying like, Hey, dip on this person, but right. like, you know, is the thing good and you're not fully appreciating it or there's areas that could need work or things you need to talk through your partner with. Um, or do you need to get some pajama pants and see how that goes and realize the weaknesses <laughs> of that particular pants relationship? So a lot to consider here. Much to think about. Maybe throw on shorts, but then your calves oh, are going to wow. be cold. Well, yeah, because we're, we're into September. Yeah, and we are. And it gets cold up in this room for some reason. Then I like it at nighttime, but for recording again, I'm a little bit cold in the leg area. <laughs> I, I am, okay. it's like 67 degrees out right now and I'm wearing two inch inseam shorts and a hoodie. This is, <laughs> it's the, it's, it's the perfect outfit and the perfect weather for it. So short shorts and a hoodie weather. That's Let's what we're about. Go. Raise a glass okay. to the audience. Everyone hey, out there. Man, also I'm raising wearing a seltzer. The greatest that. outfit. Hey, okay. Man. Okay. T-shirt dress, leggings. Ooh, Very t-shirt solid. dress. Good choice. Good choice. Very yeah. comfortable bottoms, Very comfortable. but still warm, yeah. but not too mm-hmm. warm. Right. Breathable. Yeah. I'm doing great. Here for it. We've got great fashion tonight. It's a shame this is this is an auditory <laughs> meeting. <laughs> no one can see it. We're actually lying about all of this. We're all wearing uh, boiler suits <laughs> because it's the Ghostbusters episode. I think that's uh, yeah, I'm, actually, I'm actually wearing a barrel, like a Three Stooges character. <laughs> <laughs> I've got a lampshade on my head. Uh, a quick follow-up to that segment this is also going to be a sweet so now i'm wearing these pajama pants uh and like ankle socks but now my ankles are kind of getting cold because the like the (laughs) opening on the bottom of the pajama pants oh there we go so you may have another segment where i switch to wool socks listeners stay tuned hey stay with us you don't want to miss this let's do another question okay (laughs) and as i'm looking for another one i just want to say that this is the greatest show of all time (laughs) <laughs> and i stand by that yeah that's what i keep hearing radio free tote bag is the number one podcast and everyone listens to it as well as they should it has the world record for being the greatest podcast of all time <laughs> it's got Best everything you in need the Guinness Book of world records <laughs> we could if we gave them some money we could probably make that happen that's just like a pay oh, to play totally. kind of thing right we oh, just yeah. be like patrons at the ten thousand dollar level we'll get a plaque <laughs> from some fucking irish wait people. so for a ten thousand dollar level we'll get a plaque so you but they get you to but they they get the satisfaction of knowing that we have a plaque and that they're listening to the certified world record for the greatest podcast of all time okay that's a pretty good incentive patreon.com slash rftb hit that ten thousand dollar <laughs> tier we would love it okay check this out this is a bit of a long one Hi, Audrey and Donovan. Hello. 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 Don't forget the guest. Hi. We know that you meant it. It's the notes. It's the it's the highs that you don't say. We feel it. It's a jazz-themed episode. <laughs> Thank you for your podcast. I only discovered it recently, but I already have been finding it very, very therapeutic. Thank you. Oh, wow. 
I have a pretty tough situation that even my therapist seems to be flummoxed by. Fucking great mm-hmm. word. So I, I don't like expect that. y'all to know how to solve it for me, but it would be nice to hear y'all's opinions on it. I have pretty severe social anxiety, but unlike most people I've heard about, slash my therapist has heard about, it's much worse with online interactions. Interesting. Mm. I can get through in-person interactions pretty well, even though I'm anxious because I know I'd feel more embarrassed if I acted shy. So I've developed a somewhat charming persona that I can put on when face-to-face with another person. Pre-pandemic, I had a very active social life and dated a lot and constantly was meeting people although I often felt like my relationships with others were pretty shallow because of my charming mask, but that's a whole other can of worms. Problem is that at the beginning of the pandemic, I had to move back to my hometown to look after my parents, and I'm still here three years later. They are elderly and have several health conditions that mean getting COVID would kill them. This means I am one of the few people left in the world, it seems, who is still taking active COVID precautions every day. I'm happy to make some sacrifices in order to protect my parents and have made peace with my role as caretaker, but my social circle has shrunk so much and I'm starting to get really lonely. All the advice I've seen online and that my therapist has given me for people in my situation is to join online groups and meet that people that way, but I just can't do it. I've joined multiple Discord servers for things I'm interested in, but every time I think about posting anything, I get so much anxiety that it takes serious effort just to hit send. And then I get so scared of what the responses will be that I'm not even yeah. able to check it again. And we'll often just leave the server because I can't take it. I've tried dating apps, but I usually send one message and then ghost because I can't stand to even read the reply. I even had to get a little tipsy just to write this message to y'all. Mm. Damn. Good on you for fucking getting it out, though. Um, let's see. I think the reason I find it easier to talk to people in person is that I can see their instant reaction to me and adjust mm-hmm. accordingly. But online, I have to wait for someone's reply, which just gives me time to build up a worst case scenario in my head to the point where I can't even bear to check to see what it is. It was easier when I had a more active social life because I had so many distractions and had social obligations that when I had to check my messages, so I had to force myself to even when it was hard. Now I spend so much time alone that one single text message can take up all my mental energy for days at a time. And it just becomes so huge in my mind that I can't bear to face it. I've tried and tried, but I just keep giving myself panic attacks and never manage to actually have real conversation with anyone. I miss my old life so much, but can't envision any way to return to it while my parents still need me and COVID is still very much a thing. I've lost touch with all but a handful of my old friends because I'm just so bad at texting and I live far from them now. I don't feel comfortable going out to a restaurant or bar to meet a date or potential friend. Can't manage to even start a conversation online. So what am I supposed to do with a bunch of question marks? I'm in therapy, but all my therapist suggests is what I've been doing and it isn't working. Sorry if this is long. Thanks so much for taking the time to even read this. And I appreciate any insight you might have. I understand if you can't get to it on the pod, I'm just grateful y'all are out there doing your thing. Thank you for saying that. That's very nice. Uh, We are getting to it. Yes, we are. Um, I mean this in earnest. This is going to sound very flippant and like a little bit of a cash grab. Join the Radio Free Tote Bag Discord. And the reason I say this <laughs> is because what you're, what I, if I can try to psychoanalyze for a moment and maybe try to put motivation behind the anxiety, you're, there is no expectation of civility online. 
There is right. no expectation mm-hmm. of decency even. So when you're chatting with a stranger, it's like they could say any fucking thing in the whole wide world to you. Any vile, violent, horrible thing, they could just throw it right back in your face. But I can tell you, for God's honest truth, that you will not find that in this particular community. You have my my stamp of approval on our lovely little Discord community. Um, I would love it very much if you would come in and join us and just chat and look at the pictures of the kitties that uh, fucking MJ's posting all the time. And it's great. It's a good my little server. I'm out for for yesterday. Yeah, yeah. shit. <laughs> you don't even have to join the Patreon. This is an offer for you specifically. DM us. Yeah, hundred percent. DM us. We'll get you. you we'll get you, you in. This is our active thing that we can actually directly help with. Maybe Ash, you ever deal with social anxiety? I mean, like, I, I really feel that about posting. Like, this is kind of ironic now that I'm like a podcaster of some note. But like, I used to be just mortified to post anything for the exact same reason. Like, who would reply to what? How would they reply? Yeah. And like, the the thing that slowly got me into like build off of what Audrey said. The thing that slowly got me over that was like, I wound up finding an online community that was very nice. You know, we're we're like slowly over time, I could like let go of that fear, right? Like to stop worrying about like, oh, people are going to say something horrible. It's like, oh, no, these are all like really good, nice people who are probably not going to say something just unhinged. And I also want to say that like, you know, like I, it doesn't sound like I'm as like COVID conscious as our listener here, but I'm like, I'm still masking up in public spaces. I'm still avoiding like big crowded stuff for like similar reasons, right? Because there are people that I care about with like some pretty severe health conditions. So I have to dodge as much of that as I can. And like the, the way I've kind of like figured that one out is like, I don't know if this listener is like queer or on the left politically, but a lot of like queer and left groups are still pretty COVID conscious with their public events and their organizing. Certainly not all of them and certainly not all events but like you know here in chicago there are tons of queer events that are held outdoors and in parks that you could show up to masked and no one would look at you weird so like there are there are ways to like get social through those particular avenues like that's how i've been getting outdoors i think both of those are 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 good points i am for them because the other factor here is that they're with their folks did Mm -hmm. they say they were in a small town or like kind of in the middle of like i'm wondering could you could you drive somewhere else that stuff might be going on and do like an outdoor thing like that? Mm-hmm. I guess just because then my recommendation to find something would be to go online and like check out events. I guess you wouldn't have to post to do that though. You could just kind of see yeah, what's out there and lurk. around. Yeah, you could just lurk. And like an, it's like another thing too is like like I had a hell of a time dating and like pre-vax COVID and early COVID because I was like super like doing like a super isolationist COVID setup, right? Staying alone and masking up everywhere. And like, and then a uh, former guest of Horror Vanguard, uh, Connor Habib uh, sent me this really cool article that was about, um, it was gay men talking about the early days of the AIDS crisis and how they kind of navigated that. And like, like all, all of these elder gays were talking about how like, there's this horrible thing happening. They know like the rudiments of how it's spreading and what's going on, but like, you still got to have the culture. You still got to like hook up and have sex. You still have to find people to date and fall in love with and get out there. And like, you know, it's, it's all about figuring out that balance between like, okay, here are the known risks, right? COVID is still out there. It's still a real thing. Your parents are at risk because of this disease. How can we act in a way that's safe for everything? Is it possible to like 
you know, like, like what Donovan was saying, like go to a neighboring city for a week, take some COVID tests, be as safe as you can test before you right. come back home. Is there a way to isolate in the home or like a basement attic apartment situation? Like, I don't know, like doing a lot of like spitballing and speculating about this listener's living condition, but like, there's gotta be ways to like mitigate those risks and to work with them safely where you can still have a love life. Yeah. I, I think that's a very good point because, and I don't say this as like justify, it can, it could feel like this is justifying selfishness or something, but I'm sure you're in mm. this position, you're taking care of your parents. Like that's a really decent and good thing to be doing, but at the same time, you like not doing social stuff like that has a negative effect on your health. Mm -hmm. Like you're clearly struggling with all of this and it's good for you to help your parents, but you should not do that completely at the expense of your own well-being, which this is sounding like a little bit if you're, if you're this isolated from folks. And so I, I would hundred percent mm -hmm. encourage you to take Ash's advice and even talk to your parents about it and be like, is oh, there, yeah. I want to make sure y'all are all right. But like I, and they'll fucking understand, I would imagine, because oh, totally, you're hopefully. doing them this favor and you're out by yourself, but like I'm struggling, I'm not around people, I don't have the social life I did before. So maybe try to talk to them through this as well. Like, could they get on without you for a week? Could they do for a day? Whatever kind yeah. of thing that, you know, they would be safe with and, but, but figure that out. And I could see you being averse to doing that and thinking that would be like a selfish thing to do because they're struggling and all this mm -hmm. stuff. But like, you can only take the best care of them if you're in decent shape. Exactly. And like this might seem like, oh, it's option. It's a luxury to have social stuff, but like, no, that's, that's fucking essential to your well being. Yes. I also went down this super isolation wormhole and I had depression elements in there and stuff mm -hmm. too. And I didn't realize it at the, until I kind of got out of that, like, holy fuck, that was destroying me. That was really yeah. fucking up my energy. I, you just spend all of that time in your head. Um, I also don't want to like, there's, there's a lot to cover in this one. I'm kind of just, here, here's the other thing I want to focus on. Um, I, we talked about this a lot. I have obsessive compulsive disorder. What you were describing sounds to me like obsessions that I have mm. where you're fixated on something. In your case, it's you send this message, and because you don't get that feedback initially, your mind goes crazy. You're stuck on it, and you spiral. You have the reverse to me. If I'm in person, I kind of fixate on, like, am I being weird with my body? Am I sweating? Am I shaky? Whatever. Like, is it going to make me come across weird? Online, it's the opposite. I'm completely fine. But your case is interesting because in person you can't do that spiraling you're calling it like faking putting on this face but i don't think that's necessarily even faking something you're just kind of letting go of like this fixation that you have on a person's response i don't think that's unnatural even if you have to force yourself to do it that's just kind of coping with fixation or obsessive thinking what you're describing with these messages though is just that that delay period before getting that response you go into your head i would encourage you just to practice Maybe you do it in our community. Maybe you got a friend you can text, but like fucking exposure therapy yourself, send a message in a low stakes situation and mm -hmm. then fucking throw your phone across the room or something until they respond, like force yourself to wait for that response and then see that it's really, it's not that big of a deal. Even if somebody says something, it's not going to be nearly what you were spinning up in your head in, right. the, in that meantime. So I would just try to practice working through like letting go of that particular fixation. Um, because I, I, I know how that feels. It really sucks. Um, but it's all you can work through that. It, it's not an inherent part of you. 
I like that. I like the idea that it's mm-hmm. that this is not something intrinsic to you. This is not something that that is uh, going to be with you forever. This is something that can be worked through and worked past and worked uh, within, and you can find ways to uh, ameliorate it, and you can get to a place where you feel more confident talking to people online. Absolutely. Uh, just a, a a last thing here. I, I mean, to go off too much on this, but this is just, this is <laughs> shit that I have directly dealt with yeah, and yeah. like had some of these same thought process. This idea that you're telling yourself that you feel anxious in public and you call it putting on a mask to be like friendly and personable. That's not, not you. That's like me saying, mm-hmm. well, I have panic attacks. And so when I talk to people comfortably, I'm hiding the fact that I have panic attacks. You can kind of do a thing with disorders generally, but particularly like anxious and kind of obsessive ones like I have, where you're like, well, that's me. That's inherently me. I'm an obsessive person. I am obsessive compulsive disorder. And it's faking it when I can work around that. But that's that's not fucking true. You're you're doing the thing. You're being out there and you're talking to people and you're you're being personable and all that stuff. Even if you feel like you have to fake it, like so many people that you would encounter and be like, that's a confident, personable person. They're doing the same shit. They got shit going on inside too. You know, the the whole anxiety stuff, that's not all of who you are and it's not faking it to try to work around that. So don't, I don't know. I just, the, the phrasing on that, don't give yourself a, don't, don't make yourself feel like you're deceiving people or something. You're just, right. you're working around some shit you got to deal with sometimes. It's not that's an, an- it's not an essential thing. It's a really good point. Yeah, that's that's the way we talk about mental health a, a lot that I think is something that, you know, I myself struggle with. And I know everybody who's got like any kind of like madness or mental health thing going on, like, you know, we don't talk about that way about a broken leg. You know, you would you wouldn't say I am my broken leg. My yeah. leg is broken forever. It's this thing. Everyone notices my broken leg first and foremost, although there are like physical health conditions and ability stuff that certainly would map onto like similar ways of talking. But like, you know, like it's this thing that you're struggling with. It's this thing that you're working through, right? Like exactly what Donovan's saying does not have to be like the end all be all of the identity. Absolutely. And I think when you, the more you can kind of practice that, even if you're faking it initially and you feel this really strongly, you can, you can get past that. I've, no, that's, that's what I did for Horror Vanguard. I was nervous as hell for like the first yeah. million episodes of the show. And I was just like, you know, I'm just going to pretend like I've always been a successful podcaster. And then just I'm either <laughs> going to do this until no one listens or I'm going to do this till it works. And like, yeah. I'm a, I'm a firm believer of fake it until you make it. Like as long as, as long as no one's life is at risk, fake it until you make it is a great way to go about things. Absolutely. Definitely. I just did Griffin McElroy for the first like year of the podcast. I was just, <laughs> but I was, how I did it. <laughs> I was nervous as fuck initially too. And this is the stuff with the fucking acting classes, working through performance anxiety stuff I've been talking about for the past few months. I still get anxious as fuck before I perform sometimes, but you just mm-hmm. like, I'm going to do the thing anyway. And eventually you get more and more comfortable. Oh, absolutely. I, have, I had a teacher in there who has been like, I've been professionally acting for 30 years and I still get in my head and I'm like, oh my God, why the fuck am I doing this every time before I go on stage? And then I do and I'm okay. That doesn't mean that like you're faking it. It just means that you're working around or kind of working with your anxiety in a way that allows you to function in the way that you want to. And that, and that's mm-hmm. cool. That's, that's just, that's just healing. That's just working through stuff. So hell yeah. Don't, uh, you know, no negative self-talk about that. That's, that's good shit that you're doing. 
Yeah, we're proud of you. So hop into Discord if you want to, and uh, we we wish you luck out there, and hope you can find some some good social connection because hey, oh, we, yeah. we know how tough this shit is. Yeah, DM us somewhere, uh, Twitter or like wherever you got us, and uh, we'll we'll get you in. We'll send you a link. All right, uh, let's do one more quickie, a little stubberino here at the end. So that's that sound good. Let's go long. Let's guy. Let's do ten more questions. <laughs> I put the I, I secret segment. I put the wool socks on during that question. Nice. It's a Hi, sweet. Uh, okay. Hi, Odd Dono and Ash. What's popping? Why oh, do what? people? Hey. Yeah, specifically for you. Why do people want to fuck ghosts so bad? <laughs> oh, do people a get one. horny for different otherworldly beings in a cycle like nostalgia? Because <laughs> for a minute there was Mothman. Oh yeah, I remember. Everybody this. wanted to fuck the Moth Man. Was that the end? Oh, uh, yeah. Was That's that the end it? of the was question. The... Yeah. Whoever, whoever, whoever sent that. Thank you. That was that was beautiful. Those are those are the hard hitting dating advice questions I came here for. Do people want to fuck ghosts? Is this a recent thing? Oh, oh my God! People, people still want to fuck ghosts. There's a, I think it's, is it, is it Hallmark or is it Marvista? It's one of the, one of those uh, production studios that just churns out like D tier rom-coms. Yeah. They, they made a rom-com, I think in 2019, where like a, a woman falls in love with a ghost and, and they, they fuck so good. He becomes a real man again. <laughs> Whoa. And like, it's, it's like shitty rom-com fucking. They, 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 they canoodle and the camera pans away while wistful yeah. music plays. But we know, Some we candles. know what they're doing. Right. What, what what that ghost does he do? We we know we what's know happening. What they're doing. They're doing fucking uh, ectoplasm <laughs> like shots. Yeah, get that ectoplasm. Ectoplasm <laughs> pie. Good. I mean, like, sexual attraction to monsters weirdly like makes a lot of sense when you kind of like break down what monsters are. Like, because we can go back to like you know like the earliest vampire stories, like Varney the Vampire and Carmilla, and then later Dracula and stuff like that. Like. Car- Carmilla is just like a like paper thin allegory for like the plight of lesbians when when that book was written and same with Dracula yeah. later on there's tons of gay shit happening in Dracula it's a wonderful book about sucking very yeah, much it's into a cave. it <laughs> and like so like all like in order to make a monster you have to make something that is in con- conversation with like the subaltern and alterity and people who are oppressed because that's how we code the monstrous right they've either got some kind of like horrible physical disability or they're carrying the weight of like the queer community or a racialized minority or something like that and like that's naturally going to give people over time who are of those groups and in those communities ways to express sexuality where like like still to this day like it's kind of hard to express queer sexualities open in the public and like right but what makes it really easy is if like oh they're not people now they're mermaid vampires and it's right. just it's just these beautiful little analogies that work so well. But yeah, that's one they're, reason why people like fucking ghosts. Their Jared Leto is some guy named Morbius. <laughs> it's Morbin time. Uh, somebody I'm... somebody fully wrote an article about that concept of how vampire stories are often about queer minority, like you know the mm-hmm. minority queer community. Um. And applied that to Morbius. And I was oh like, I don't know. God. I don't know, man. <laughs> like, I don't That's... know if we can use Morbius for that necessarily. <laughs> not not nowhere where there's so many other better vampires out yes. there. Yeah. We, don't, we don't need yes. Morbius. Why are we why are we doing it on this one? At least do Morbius from the comics and not like Morbius not and anything but Jared Leto. 
Yeah. Not 30 seconds to Morbius. Nice. I'm high 30 seconds myself. to Morbius wow. sounds like a relationship problem that y'all would hear about. <laughs> I'm I morbid every 30, 30 seconds, seconds and my partner can't stand me. <laughs> no, it's interesting what you're describing though, because we've, Audrey, at least on the Patreon back when we were doing the kink wheel or something, we've talked about like monster kink. We got people yeah. on the Discord who are into that shit. We've looked at like oh, yeah. the. The bad dragon and like similar bad dragon. kind of like custom yeah. dildos and stuff. I had never put that together. That's extremely interesting to think about. Ghosts is an interesting one because like I, I I can feel this with like a humanoid monster or something. Because like most of these ones we're describing, there's some kind of humanoid element. And I guess ghosts are supposed to be human spirits or something. But there's something yeah, with like the- Specifically a dead person. Yeah. But it's like intangible- like how would you, how would you fuck the go? Is there something where it's like, and I'm thinking too practically about this situation. Well, I guess I'd have to be a poltergeist, right? Because then they're like knocking stuff right. over. Oh, because they like, can do. Yeah, oh, true. I guess a poltergeist would be a top, right? Yes. What's, like, what's, like a, what's the ghost bottom? I don't know. Uh, this is now we're getting complicated. Specter of some kind. Like a haunted, a haunted like, sex doll. Would that be like the ghost bottom? <laughs> I, don't I feel know, like, like, like they want revenge. Oh, they want to top. Like, I've, I've read, only been able to bottom. I've read some like ghost-based erotica. Now I'm trying to think if I can think of any like. There's the scene in Ghostbusters where the ghost, yeah. oh. the ghost sucks off Dan Aykroyd. Yeah. Oh, and I there's the the rom com I just mentioned. I think there's like a weird element of like safety with ghosts in an erotic sense, right? Because ghosts are these mm. like somber, non-physical, kind of like melancholic beings, and they don't yeah. have the kind of like werewolves are violent vampires are violent they have this like forceful sexual aggression behind them yeah but ghosts are just like i don't know they're super chill they're kink positive they're They're consensual kink they're like spooky so there's an element of that like pity your stomach thing Mm -hmm. but then also that can lead to banners that's true Booner. (laughs) (laughs) I need to work Booner into the title somehow. That's fucking delightful. There's an episode of Star Trek where uh, Dr. Crusher fucks a ghost. Oh my God. How could I forget about that one? That that episode rips. It's so good. That is a fucking great episode. She's like reading her grandmother's journal about the experiences that she had, and then she starts having the ghost fucking experiences. Implying that the same ghosts that fucked her grandmother are now fucking her. Oh, no. Hey, get it. Get it, Dr. Beverly Crusher. Get it, Dr. Real in Beverly Picard Crusher. and the most fuckable ghost in all Star Trek. Get them, <laughs> get them all. Clean fucking house. We stand. <laughs> we do. <laughs> I used to have, uh, I had a recurring dream about uh, Dr. Beverly Crusher where she was a trans woman and she referred to her cock as Beverly's Crusher. <laughs> Yeah, that is the most like beautiful teen- thing I have ever heard. <laughs> it's when I was a teenager. I, to, I swear to God, I had that recurring dream. Crusher. I want to, because I, I, I have not seen any Star Trek. I have not read any ghost erotica. I only have the very vague memory of what's-his-face getting sucked off by the ghost in the, in the Ghostbusters movie. If you're into this, hey, if anybody out there is into ghost stuff, write in. If you listener who sent this in, if we're not, if you're not just curious about, it, if you're into it, what does it do for you? 
Because I can understand, and Ash, especially with the context you gave for the monster stuff, that makes total sense to me. And I feel like we're moving in the right direction with thinking about what the the ghost. It's it's a gentler touch with the ghost. Yeah. There's some component of the dead in there, but what does it what does it do for you? Is there like a I don't know. Is the because they're in are, are they invisible? Is a ghost invisible? I think I, like, they I'm can wondering, choose to appear or not appear. Because I'm wondering if an element is like the weird. There's just kind of a a, a practically weird idea of like it's just as far as you can tell it's just you in a room but you're getting swarmed off by something invisible that's got to be some kind of thing oh there's i I guess like going back to the safety thing there's like a huge like like you don't have to like if if the ghost is invisible and you're getting down with the ghost the ghost doesn't have to be gendered so you can have this kind of like a gendered sexual encounter yeah that's kind of hot that's fine. There's fucking something to that. All right. Yeah, you know we're, what? We're I get it. I'm now. This is good. Yeah. This is, we, should, we should write the first erotica here. This is great. <laughs> now, I tell you this. If it moves in nostalgia cycles, I think we're maybe due for a new cycle. Who do you, uh-huh. what monster do you think is going to be next? Ooh. Jazz, Jazz, George W. Bush. Jazz <laughs> w. Bush. <laughs> <laughs> the scariest monster of them all. <laughs> I'm thinking creature from the Black Lagoon, like fish, I was just, fish monsters. I was just about to say creature. I think Cthulhu Rotica came out like ten years ago. I think we're I think we're ready for, for the return of fuckable fishmen. We're due for we the Innsmouth in me. Due for the Innsmouth in me. <laughs> in, in's mouth? I mean in's like mouth, come on. put it in my mouth. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> it's like uh instead of seeing cthulhu and you lose your mind you, you just it's a monster where you bust as soon as you see it you can't comprehend how sexy it is you just bust instantly what one, oh! of, one, of, the, what one of the stories in cthulhu erotica is is told from the perspective of a husband who's going insane like a like a lovecraft protagonist he's losing his mind yeah. at this shit because every night his wife is like called out to the sea and she comes back home with like this diabolic grin dripping head to toe in goo and and he can hear her <laughs> horrified wailing over over the shore and she's she's just like getting deed down by some like f- like wonderful fish cock and oh, he is just yeah. like he can't even comprehend that he's that she's having sexual pleasure that's just fucking fantastic that's amazing and it stays like on theme for lovecraft shit i love that this is incredible. <laughs> Ash, if you have a, any kind of links to this stuff, I got to ask you afterwards because I am I am interested. I am I'll interested let you borrow my copy stuff. of Cthulhu Erotica if you want. Hell yeah. <laughs> when I'm back in Chicago, I'm stopping by and it's going to come yeah. back to you covered in ectoplasm. I'm sorry. Yeah, it, better come, it better be covered in fish goo. That's, that's the only way. <laughs> Uh, how about we do one more question? How are we do- okay. I, I've, I am rolling. I'm rocking. I'll, I want to go it. extend now. Okay. Andrew, good. Are you good on time? Yeah, I mean, I need a snack. I'm a little snacky, but. Well, how about a, how about, hey, I got a snack for you. It's called another question. (laughs) 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 Um, There was a particular one. I'm on one screen this time and it's small. It's hard. That's hard to do. I kind of can only see a couple questions at once. We got, we got fucking like 20 questions in the past week. It is a new record. I am trying to figure out. New record. Which one were you doing? I, w- I, I was so. doing. I was doing uh, Dance Dance Revolution. 
good. It's a new record. <laughs> There's a game I've always been really bad at. I, I fucking I, I loved it. I used, I, used, I used to kick ass at that game. Fuck yeah. Okay, check this one out. Oh, okay, yeah, this is it. This is it. Hey, Audrey and Dono and guest, maybe guest, Hello. certainly welcome to the show. I don't have a question about my dating life, but I do have a question about my parents. They got divorced when I was 18 and away at college. Now I'm 28 and they both like to talk to me about their dating lives a lot. Hmm. Not a ton of my friends have divorced parents and the few of them who do had the divorce happen when they were a lot younger. So they have established step families by this point. Any advice on talking to your parents about their dating lives would be greatly appreciated. My biggest obstacles so far have been one, boundaries. <laughs> I want to be happy for them, but sometimes it is TMI. Yep. Two, they look, they look to me for advice. I've been with my partner for five years, so I've been out of the dating loop for quite some time. Additionally, my experience dating has got to be vastly different than going on dates after being divorced and having fully grown children. Yeah. Three, they are bad at it. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe this is too judging on my part, but it's hard to watch the people who first taught me about love fall out of love and then fumble around in the dating pool. That has got to be brutal. That's yeah, that's really that's fucking rough. hard. Uh, I think with boundaries, you just have to be really insistent that when yep. When dad's talking about, so I went back to her place. You say, stop, and the stop, there. stop. Like literally with that level of force, stop it. Mm -hmm. And he goes, what, what? And you go, no, I'm not talking about that with you. Yeah, not, not that piece. Yeah. I would just give him like an ultimatum and be like, hey, I can, I can talk about this stuff, but I, I go to somebody else for sex type advice. I don't want to hear about that part. Right. And whatever other kind of boundaries that you that you have with this, because it's your choice to do this. You're mm -hmm. doing them a, a favor by talking to him about it. You could you would be within your rights to be like, I don't want to talk about any of this. Yeah. But if you want to and it's just going too far, just be like, these are the conditions or I'm not helping you. You have to find direct them to us. Send your divorced parents <laughs> fumbling in the dating pool to RFTB. <laughs> Ooh, I love that. That's brilliant. That's good. I love I love advice where it gets us more listeners. That's my yeah. favorite kind of advice. <laughs> Me too. Yeah, I, I would, I would also say be really specific with those boundaries because especially it's your folks, right? So you're tempted to be like, oh, gee whiz, Pops, I don't want to hear about those intimate details. And, yeah. and Pops is going to be like, anyway, Glizzy Glenda took me back home. <laughs> like, you, you just got to come out and say, like, I don't want to hear about your sexual life. You know, just be yeah. very clear. And like, because if you're if you're trying to hide it and you're being squeamish, they might not interpret that as a hard boundary. Right. No sucking, no fucking. <laughs> I don't want to hear about any fish goo. Absolutely no not. Yeah, tell them to hook up with some ghosts. I, I, I hear that's like a solid way to get back there into the dating go. scene. Yeah. I hear it's really coming up. I, I hear it's a really big thing. And there's an element of it that's kind of gentle and where you're, it's kind of non-gendered in an interesting way. <laughs> yeah, I keep hearing that from, from storied dating advice podcasts that are well-respected. Yeah. Um... I also just, you know, mostly because of the all caps on each of these points. Um, I like, I don't know. Generally speaking, like stuff with parents, and, and I know this is different because you're like an adult now and you're, 
you know, you're not under their roof anymore and you're doing their own thing. But there can be something a little uncomfortable of having to kind of be the parent for your parent. Right. And like, this mm-hmm. is a pretty light example of this. Um, but if that is something that's making you feel real uncomfortable, like I said before, you're within your rights just to be like, I, I can't be this person for you. I just, I don't, I have no experience dating at 30 years older than me in divorced. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. And again, just refer them to our show or something. Cause, cause we have experience dating divorced. <laughs> <laughs> See that honest that honestly might be the move to just abdicate the responsibility because I yeah. I I find typically that they don't hear you anyway. Mm-hmm. That's like, the other thing. My fucking my parents particularly if you try to tell them anything about anything, it takes like a decade for them to finally stop shopping at Walmart. <laughs> you know I mean? Like right. Come on. They don't There's hear that you. element of you're uh, you're my kid. They're not gonna unless you're telling what they want to hear. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. practically, it's probably just better for them to get advice from from other people, anyways. Yeah, find um, some divorced friends. Find some divorced friends. Oh, totally. And with the all caps thing too, like I don't know how hard this is hitting the listener, how hard it's hitting their relationship with their parents. But if this is like starting to put a downer on what is already maybe a healthy communicating relationship with your folks, then like maybe bring that up too. And maybe they're That's like perspective as parents will kick in and give them some yeah. reason to have that distance. That's a very good point too. Yeah. Is this impacting like the other good parts of their relationship? Mm-hmm. I, just kind of the wording on the question and how I would feel in this situation. I think you abdicate the responsibility, but otherwise just really put those boundaries down. And then if they're, if they're still pushing past that, then a hundred percent, just be like, this isn't, this isn't me anymore. Simply head on over to RFTB.me. It's as easy as that. Dad, so that for mere $5 a month, you can get a bonus of this week. There's a wealth of dating advice here. <laughs> And we're back. I accidentally elbowed my dongle, and then I said this when we came back, and then I elbowed the dongle again somehow. So I am very, very gingerly going to clap with one hand and thank you for joining us. <laughs> I'm, I'm honored. I'm honored. You've, you've been excellent. It's been great chatting with you. Where, oh, it's uh, been so much fun. Where can the folks find your stuff? What do you want to plug? Uh, Horror Vanguard, uh, horrorvanguard.com, patreon.com slash horrorvanguard, horrorvanguard, wherever podcasts are distributed, the ether, Ouija boards, uh, (laughs) summon us to your next ghost-based adventure. We're also on Blue Sky, Instagram. Uh, Yeah, that's that's all the the spooky stuff. That's where we're at. Hell yeah. Yeah, we got to get you two over on Horror Vanguard to talk about something spooky. We, We will make this happen. I uh, admittedly am a little bit of a weenie with horror movies, but we we will find something. Don't be a let's, let's find like a spooky movies. rom-com or something. That sounds give cute. Us some, give us something. Yeah. Give us something relationship adjacent. What about Mandy? I haven't seen Mandy yet. Oh, Mandy is so good. Love that movie. There's, there's like a romance element to that, right? Yeah. It's pretty much a rom-com when you think about it. Most horror movies are if you think about it hard enough, you know? Yeah. What's yeah. that cute movie with William Defoe that's like kind of a lightly spooky rom-com where he and the woman go off into the woods in a cabin? Antichrist? Is it a lighthouse? Yeah. 
<laughs> do you, do you, do you know the thing? Do you know the thing about Antichrist? Like the weird anecdote from that movie? What's that? I don't know. This is mildly related to the topic of this show, so this is perfect. So uh, there, there's there's a scene where Willem Dafoe gets jacked off violently in in that movie, but <laughs> yeah. um, apparently Willem Dafoe is so hung that Lars von Trier, the storied filmmaker of messed up downbeat cinema, was freaked out by how by how hung Willem Dafoe is. <laughs> wow. Will, Willem Dafoe's mutated horse cock so startled <laughs> Lars von Trier <laughs> that he stopped the scene and got a stunt cock to do the scene. <laughs> wow. So there's there's something about the Green Goblin that we all now have to live with knowing. Good lord. Speaking that's of monster like, fucking. <laughs> that's, you know, that's how you can look like that man looks as unsettling as that human being appears <laughs> and have that level of confidence. That's true. You just got a a five pound cock. <laughs> Good lord. Yeah, let's watch Antichrist. I hear it's a it's a lighthearted romp. <laughs> oh, it's it's a, it's a it's a great it's a feel it's the feel good movie of the summer. Perfect for the whole family. Hell yeah! Bring the kids. Bring it. You know what? Bring a date to a dark basement with your overly drunk friend to watch Antichrist. <laughs> I was wondering if that was going to be one of the movies that you said, that you that you uh, watched. I have not actually seen it. I'm just aware of it being terrifying and involving like chopped penis or something like that. Oh, chopped it, it definitely has that. Good fucking god! We'll find something. <laughs> But check out Horror Vanguard, listeners. You would appreciate these folks if you like us. And uh, keep an eye out for us over there. It'll be a spooky time. A spooky time. Uh, We thank Dash. We also got to thank you, listener. Thank you for tuning in. We appreciate you listening to the show. Uh, You can support us. $5 a month on Patreon.com. You get a bonus episode each week. You get access to like 140 plus episodes in the backlog. You get access to the Discord, with the only exception being this: the person who asked the question. And um, uh, we'll mail you a sticker and stuff too. It's it's pretty cool. Five dollars a month, Patreon.com/slash/RFTB. But for ten dollars a month, you get the full heart, knowing all the support you're giving us, and you also get your name shouted out in lights at the end of each main episode audrey who are we shouting out first we begin as we do with anthony limberg how do i literally how do i do this every fucking time we're also (laughs) shouting out our beloved day one barb we are going to shout out donovan's father shouts out he's downstairs we're shouting out our good friend dylan we're gonna shout out Gigi. we're shouting out k friggin money <laughs> Musical <laughs> guest Mal Criada. <laughs> hey, hey, oh, we're shouting out MC Proletariat. Keep it up, We're shouting out Mickey Flanken. <laughs> we're Thank shouting out Rico Suave. We're shouting out Riley Custer. Ah, oh, damn it. You did Daniel Plainview. I did Daniel that's the, only, that's the only other one I have. I got nothing else. <laughs> <laughs> that's all the impressions I can do. Uh, uh, we're shouting out Riley. <laughs> uh, we're going to shout out from episode 105, The Yellow Rose of Toteland. We're going to shout out Ryan Rich, homie. Click, clack. 
We're shouting out spreadable fruit. Uh, was shouting out super deformed. New shit, new $10 patron. We're shouting out the worst of all possible worlds. Our good podcast friends. Thank yeah, you for cool, fucking Yeah, cool show. Us. Go listen to them. And listen uh, to the episode that we're on. They're great. They're amazing. We're going to shout out Tufted Titmouse. Whoa, 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 whoa. We're shouting out. Whoa, 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 Windy. And we're finally going to shout out our very good friend, Ren. Thank you so much for joining us at the $10 a month level. You truly are the, the wind, wind beneath, our, beneath wings. our wings. You are the wind beneath our wings. You are the wind beneath our wings. And even if you're not a patron, if you don't have the financial means, you can also support us. Give us five stars wherever. Write us a review. It goes a long way. We've gotten some more reviews recently. It's pretty cool. If you search Radio Free on the Apple Podcasts app, we're now like the third or fourth one. After fucking Radio Free Mormon, our nemesis. (laughs) And Radio Free (laughs) Tatooine higher than us, too. Yeah, those sons of bitches. There's like Radio Free Amanda, who I follow on Twitter. She does like uh, coverage of like Chinese politics and weird Mm, American anti-China shit. Xenophobic. Xenophobic? Sinophobic? How do you fucking say that? It would be Sinophobic. Sinophobic shit. I thought you were talking about John Cena and the fear of him. (laughs) (laughs) Xenophobic? Yeah, speaking of, uh, oh, yeah, okay, you got like a ghost fetish, and you're like, why am I so attracted to John Cena? Because I can't see him. Because I can't see him. I did the music. music. Intro theme is Horn Filters, the love theme from RFTB. And the outro theme is some shit I haven't written yet. You can find them at SoundCloud.com slash RFTB pod. Woo! Woo! That's it. That's it. Meat and parm crisps. It's so good. They're really good. You should purchase. <laughs> basic, it's like Parmesan cheese, but they bake it into a cracker, and it's like a keto snack, and it's good. And I'm going to get right up on this microphone, and I'm going to say I love you. Thanks. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>